We're doing grace teams today. Uh, most of you guys, have, if you've been around, you know what grace teams are. That's what we call our ministry teams, and we do that on purpose. Our ministry teams, oftentimes people think of ministry teams a couple, one of two ways. Um, they think of, well, that's something the staff does, right? Ministry is something the staff does, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that, that we're supposed to equip us, all of us, for the work of your ministry. So everybody's supposed to have a ministry. Um, we find also in Ephesians 4, a um, couple different places talking about the growth of the body. Um, and 1 Peter 4 actually talks about it as well, about actually having um, a grace that's been given to you. And then we're going to, I'm going to talk about that briefly, but, but what we're going to do is we're going to just have some people come up and share a little bit about the, the teams, who they are, what they do kind of thing. Everything that we do at DCF, we put into this kind of context because we find that it's where, where we, when we serve in the, in the place where we've been graced, we find that that's the most satisfactory. Um, it's the most impactful. Um, it's the most joy that we can find and when we find our space in the body of Christ. And so we just want to make room for that today. Uh, we're going to, like Karen said, I'm going to preach a real short message um, and we're going to release you guys to go out to the tables in there and all the grace team leaders will be there so you can ask them questions about, so what's this like? What are we looking for? Um, but let me just say this at the outset. Um, <clears throat> one example of how we do grace teams, let me use the finance team as an example. The finance team, is their, their big design is to go after the things of, of, of stewardship in the kingdom, biblical, what it means to have biblical finances in order, all those different things. And Mike's going to come up just a second and share about that. But one of the things that we forget is maybe if, if I could serve in that team, do I have to be a finance person? And the answer is no, you don't. Um, finance team needs communicators. So maybe you don't know a whole lot about finance, but you know, maybe, you're, maybe you can add. That's helpful if you're going to be part of the finance team. Um, but maybe one of your strengths is you can write, or maybe you can, you know, you can communicate, or you can coordinate. Maybe um, you're an administrator. That's a gift of administration in your life. Whatever that gift looks like, but you maybe have a passion to see people's finances come into order, to see people find out how to do budgets, uh, for people to get out of debt. If that's a passion that you have, but your gift doesn't seem to line up, have a good conversation with some of the Grace Team leaders and go, hey man, I have a passion, I think, for this, but I'm not sure where my gift will fit, or vice versa. I have a gift, but I'm not sure my, where my passion lies in this. The reason why we do this is we allow, um, we do this every year, we start fresh every single year. We, we, for lack of a better term, we kick everybody off the teams every year, right? <laughs> so every year you get a fresh start and, and you, you're automatically removed from the team. And then, and then when you sign back up, that's when we do the soft sign up the week ahead of time. That's for people who say, you know what? I found my space in the body. I love the ministry that I'm a part of. I'm, I'm just going to keep doing that because that's my space. That's where you sign up. You don't have to think about it. It's wonderful. But if, you, if you're like, you know, that was kind of a stretch. I'm not sure. Maybe I feel more comfortable in this arena. That's why we do this. So try something different. And, and let me just, just kind of make this point. Um, that's really hard on us, by the way, when we do that. <laughs> but we, we value it so much that we're willing to have to redo everything every year. And it drives our administrators crazy. I promise you. They're like, really? I got to, uh, yeah. Yep, that's exactly what you have to do. The reason why is the value is so important because when you find the space that you're gifted in, the space that you love and you have a passion for and, and there's something that drives you towards it, man, the impact of the church is so much more powerful. But I also want to say this before I bring the first person up is um, also don't forget that there's an expectation from the Lord for you to serve with your gift. And I'm going to get into that after these guys speak just briefly. But again, it's just about actually releasing your gift. And if you don't know how your gift works or you don't know what gifts you have, we do something called growth track on a periodic um, kind of a rotational schedule. It's mostly for new people, but it's also an opportunity for you to come back in and take a, a personality test, to take a gifts test, 
to, uh, to, to discover what your passions are, your talents, your abilities, the season of life you're in. What we're, the whole idea behind it is to help find a way, help you find the way to fit into the kingdom um, in the best possible scenario. So just keep that in mind as we kind of move forward. But I'm going to bring, uh, is Karen, did Karen come? She left, didn't she? Okay. So Mike, that puts you, put you up as first. So Mike's going to share, um, actually grab that microphone right there. Thank you. Sorry, you and I could, like, you know, stand super close to each other, but that beard would tickle, and that would be super weird for me. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, one more. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Come over here in the light. We don't, we don't want our finance team in the dark, man. That's okay. not good. Awesome. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, Mike. No. So, uh... My name's Mike Nasser. I know most of you, and uh, I'm on the, on the Finance Grace team. And like all of our Grace teams, the Finance uh, Grace team helps to transform lives by encountering grace and the Holy Spirit. So what do we do? How, how, how is that accomplished? Well, we, um, essentially, we serve three groups. We serve the eldership team. We serve the DCF body at large, and we serve the community, the Dothan area. Um, so how is that done? Well, in terms of serving the eldership uh, team, we provide uh, financial reporting in, in a number of different forms. Uh, we provide recommendations. We don't make decisions. We don't determine what happens to the finances, we're crunching numbers and providing data and supplying that to the eldership team who is leading the church in that regard. And then we also provide budget accountability. So once they say this is what our goals are and this is what we're attempting to accomplish in a given time period, then we provide accountability for that. With regard to how we serve the body at large, uh, we provide uh, means for you to give. So from collections like we just uh, went through uh, on our offering time to providing a, a box in the back there if you're not aware. If you miss, if you come in late or if you forget or you miss uh, giving on a particular Sunday, there's always a way to give in a drop box back there that's locked. Uh, and then hopefully pretty soon, uh, we're going to be rolling out online giving as another way for people to be able to give. Thank you, technology people. Uh, <clears throat> so that's just a few, a few of the things that we do there to, to help uh, serve the, the body at large. We also serve by providing education uh, in the form of uh, uh, small groups like uh, Financial Peace University. Many of you have been through the Financial Peace course. There are other courses that we could do. There are other, other uh, they don't have to be semester long uh, small groups. They could be smaller seminars and, and things that meet the finance needs of, of our DCF family. Uh, and then we also uh, provide availability to the DCF family. We have counseled with people who have, who have uh, been faced with making a financial decision. We don't provide legal advice or, or, or anything like that, but if someone says, hey, I've got to make a decision about this, or I want to do better in this area of my finances, 
we've sat down with people and counseled them that way. That's a service that, that our team provides. And then with regard to the community, we also educate and provide availability in, the, in, in some of the very same ways to people who may want to come and take a, a small group course or may want to sit in on, a, on a, a seminar or a presentation about finances. And so if you're interested in being a part of the finance team, and we would love for you to join us if you are, like Dave said so well at the beginning, you don't have to be a finance person. You don't have to like spreadsheets or be an accountant or anything like that. We need communicators. We need people that know technology. You just really uh, need to be someone who desires to apply God's word to your finances, someone who, de who desires to serve other people, uh, to have a servant's heart, uh, and be someone who desires to give. As Tim Hawkins uh, says, to have a, a giver's spleen, I think is what he says. So a servant's heart, giver's spleen, and a, and, a, and a desire to use God's word in your finances. So come join us. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> All right, um, Carrie, you wanna come up and talk about the prayer? Prayer ministry team. Hey guys, um, our prayer ministry team, I'm just going to kind of share this with you. I've um, got some stuff written down. Our prayer team, um, it is primarily the ministry team that is up here in the front on Sundays. It's not limited to that time frame, but that's where it primarily occurs. Um, I would like to see some men on this team, some more men on this team, because men minister to men well. And um, so I would love to see young people on this team because teenagers can pray for teenagers and you can get prophetic words for one another. So um, I love this ministry team all together and the role that it plays here at DCF. And so um, our prayer ministry team is an essential role in sustaining the vitality of the Dothan Christian Fellowship community. We follow Jesus in all respects of our service by demonstrating love and compassion while faithfully ministering to the needs of all people, attending Sunday services or events. And we do that prophetically and prayerfully. These needs may include healing, peace, encouragement, salvation, deliverance, and others. And if you've experienced that in this house, you can be part of the ministry team. We're going to be having ongoing training, probably on about a once a month basis. I'll be getting those out to the teams once you know when those are, or once I know who you are, and then you will be able to be a part of that. So you also can be trained to be a part of this ministry team as well. Um, so some of the helpful gifts for this is going to be serving, encouraging, mercy, um, prophecy, discerning of spirits, ex exhortation, strong belief in the power of prayer, um, discreet, trustworthy, um, kind. Isn't it nice to have kind? I often, often think it's like, if I was getting a picture from the Lord from somebody else, how would I actually want to receive that? So that's how I want to actually deliver it to people, okay? And then seeing our passion. I have a passion for seeing healing be more evident in the, the norm, um, and what I love is I heard, I think it was Bill Johnson that actually said this. He said that miracles and signs and wonders and raising people from the dead is normal. It's normal for the Christian believer. And if you don't have that wrapped around in your head this morning, you need to get it wrapped, let the Holy Spirit wrap it around in your head this morning. It's normal. It may not be common for us just yet. But it is normal for the life of the believer. And I have expectations as we go into this next year of the more of the Lord and the more of what we get to see of his goodness being poured out in our lives. So come be part of this team.
Um, at one point, we started a youth ministry with six kids, and in two years, it was over 120, 130 kids. We had more kids from outside of our church attending our church than we did from inside. We actually, it became a problem with our senior pastor because people were sneaking out of the service on Sunday, uh, sorry, Wednesday night services, sneaking out of the main adult service, and they were coming to our youth ministry and standing in the back and pretending to be parents. <laughs> because God was moving in such a powerful way. So we really believe in young people. Uh, there's a passage of scripture that talks about um, uh, Ananias and Sapphira. If you ever read it, Acts about chapter five or so, and it talks about them lying to the Holy Spirit. Um, Peter declares, you know, what the voice of God comes and says, hey, because you did this, um, you, you don't get to do that anymore. <laughs> and so the Bible says he falls dead and she comes in and, and right before she comes in, the Bible says, and the young people carried her, him out. And then the very next thing she comes in, doesn't know anything about it. She says the same thing, plop, she hits the floor. And then the Bible says, and the young people came and carried them out. And so this is what I learned from that. Young people carry the dead stuff out of church. You, you need young people in the church, I promise you. And so Dave and Val are doing a great job leading that right now. Uh, eventually, again, what we're looking for is someone, uh, just leaders who are passionate about young people, passionate about what God is doing them. We learned a long time ago, there's no such thing as, you know, young people are the future church. They're the church now. Gracie's sitting back there right now and part of our team. She's running the slideshow and everything that we do up here. Um, we believe young people are quite capable, way more capable actually than we've given them credit for, and we're making more and more room for them. So we talk about if you're 13 years old, hey, talk to somebody about saving or about serving in a grace team. We want to challenge that, and I love that Karen said we want you in our prayer ministry team. We want that. And so young people are not not the they're not the church of tomorrow; they're the church of today. And so if you want to jump into that and be passionate about it, again, we need all kinds of people. Um, the the main criteria is you can love young people. That's the main criteria. We did more ministry, Karen and I did, have done more ministry in youth ministry. Instead of preaching all those things, that's not what any of them remember. What they remember is when they were going through crisis, Karen and I were holding their hand as they were riding the roller coaster. And if you can do that, you can be a part of the youth ministry team. Amen? So jump, jump on that if that's something that's uh, in your heart. Um, real quick, we, uh, Beth and Joshua got caught in the storm uh, up in Atlanta, so they weren't able to make it back. So we're sharing their teams as well. So Beth, is, she's the um, administrator for the church. She's actually the, the administrator for me, but that turns into the administration for the church a lot of times. That's <clears throat> so why we hired her. She's part-time. But she leads an administration team, and the, and the team is designed to do this. It's, it's to help coordinate and help, help put things together in terms of how we serve the church. Oftentimes, they work with tons of other people in, in other teams to help um, organize their team, to help uh, schedule, to help do all these, all the things that, you know, those people who come over to your house and say, you know, if you move that chair over here, it'd look better. You know those people? Some of you guys are like, I don't know if I want to be around some of those people. That's okay. You don't have to be on that team. <laughs> but if we didn't have that, you guys would be here for four hours every Sunday. I'm just telling you, okay? <laughs> we need people with those giftings in our life. And so if you want to be a part of that, join up with Beth. It's varied. And, and again, it covers the gamut from research, doing online research for projects we do, pricing things. There's a lot of stuff we can do on the, uh, on the internet. So if you're into that kind of stuff and that's your passion. But if you like putting, you know, if you were the kid who lined up all your toys in a straight line, you probably want to be a part of this team, okay? <laughs> um, Alan Mitchell's going to come up and share about uh, the facility maintenance team. 
Um, let me introduce Alan real quick because this is important. Alan is what we call the Renaissance man. So Alan has multiple degrees, <laughs> but one of his degrees, not technically, but really, is he actually worked as a contractor, well, not as a contractor, worked with contractors, and he does wood woodworking, he does finished, uh, he does everything. You should see his house. He's putting his house back together again. When he comes out with tools, I went over to his house the other day, and on his table, he had he had seven different drills, I think. I was like, can you have that many drills? He's like, yeah, and they're not even all out on the table. So anyway, that's Alan. Hashtag. <laughs> when um, uh, the biblical model of, of facilities has to do with the fact that uh, uh, the groom goes away and he makes a place for the bride. However, in the meantime, the bride has to learn how to be a good steward over what it is that uh, she's going to be the bride of. So we're here, and we're, we're stewards over our facilities. And, and this, is, this is really an important thing. Again, our purpose is to transform lives, you know, and how do we do that? In one way is how our facilities look. So we are trying to... to Make sure that this is an inviting place, that it is a good home, that this would be something the groom would go back and go, ah, okay, this y'all did good. You, you, taught your, you taught your people well. You taught the bride well on what she was supposed to do in order to, for me to come back and, and bring her home. So uh, we do a lot of different things under facilities. We do the maintenance of the facility. Uh, we, do, we, we need to keep keep out uh, uh, and keep looking for things that need to be done. So it's not just me. Any one of y'all out there who comes into this building and says, oh, we think this needs to be done, this needs to be done, this needs to be done, let me know. And I need people. I can't do it myself. So if you want to be someone on the facilities team that you actually have skills, skills in, in terms of... Uh, uh, maintenance or uh, building or construction work, I need that. I need people who have skills that are administrators, people who can, uh, who can say, okay, I'm the scrounge, I can get things done, let me show you how to do this. Uh, so I need that. So it's not, just, it's not just about doing a thing, it's about a team providing an atmosphere. And that's what this building is about. It's an atmosphere for us to be able to transform lives. So if you're interested, and I, I, take, I take skilled, I have people, if you don't have any skills, come learn. These are good learning opportunities. One of the things that I did when I was doing construction work is I learned if it's broken, it can be fixed, all right? And there's an easy, there, there are ways to do it, and we, can, and we can get those things done. So if you want to learn how to fix things, this is a good opportunity also. Thank you. If it's broken, it can be fixed. I'm preaching that message next week. <laughs> um, Karen's going to come up and share about our first impressions team. Y'all, um, I have multiple teams, but I would like to also have some other multiple leaders with me as well. So um, just so y'all know, um, our first impressions team pretty much is going to be our hospitality team. And I think that every home uh, has the 
capacity to be hospitable, regardless of what you think your level of hospitality is. Some of you have more gifting in that than others, and um, that's okay. But what I love is that when you have someone that has a bigger hospitality gift than you do, then when you're around them, your hospitality gift increases also, or whatever gift you may have that you find yourself surrounded with with other people that do it well. Um, This team um, also serves by creating an environment that's welcoming and inviting to not only our current family that's here, but also families that come into DCF. And so uh, we want to make little kids welcome. We want to make teenagers welcome. We want to make the parents welcome. We want to make the grandparents feel welcome. And that happens by having a hospitable environment of loving one another well. Um, The team also um, is going to the first impression is going to include trainings, um, events, outreaches as appropriate. So it's not just for the Sunday morning. It can be any kind of event that we may do or host here in our facility. Um, we also oversee greatly the appreciated refreshments served at most of our services. How many of y'all enjoy coffee and tea in the mornings? I'm so glad you do. But you know what? If there's no one on that team, we don't get coffee and tea. So you're valuable. And it's not hard to do, y'all. It's so easy. I've got... Y'all, Janie and Elle have helped me in the mornings, okay? So I'm just telling you, anyone can do it. It's very easy, and we do all the training. So um, the biggest key for this is just to, um, some of the people that I could utilize with this is uh, someone who loves to serve. You have an administration gift. Maybe you want to help do the scheduling. I hate doing that kind of stuff, so I need that administration person for me. Um, Also, Um, Just the overall of making people feel welcome. And I think that we do that really well here at DCF. And um, we just know that excellence honors God and it motivates people. So everything going into this next year, we want it to have maybe not just like we go from here in excellence and we go way up here, but if we take our excellence level and we just do a notch up, by the end of the year, if we keep doing these notches, we're going to be up here in our excellence level. And that's like across the board with all of our teams. So come join me in the hospitality team. We, we do have fun and we enjoy hanging out together. <laughs> um, Josh is, was supposed to be here for the tech team. Uh, is Jeremy going to do it or Jen, you're going to do it? One of you guys, okay. Okay, so I'm Josh's fill-in. I'm Jen. Um, so mainly uh, talking mostly about live production. Um, one of the heart, one of the things that Josh has really emphasized to us as a team is creating atmospheres of worship. Um, it's wonderful that we have wonderful instrumentalists, music, and things like that. But if you don't have good sound coming out of the systems and things like that, no matter how great your musicians are, and we have some fabulously talented musicians and vocalists and, pe- and people like Dave and Dave Woodham that lead us and everything in worship, but if you don't have somebody who can help m- get a good mix out of the sound, it's hard to engage. Also, the same thing with the lighting, with the visuals and things like that. They can, be, they can either be a help or they can be a hindrance and a stumbling block. And our heart is to create, help create those atmospheres to be able to help you engage better that are harmonious with what God is wanting to do during the worship service. Um, we worship on many different levels. We worship in what we're doing. We also worship with what we're seeing, with what we're hearing. And we want to be able to help accommodate that. So that's our heart. Um, who we're looking for. If you have a desire to have good quality sound, 
um, if you're not afraid to, if you can surf the internet and click a button, you can run production back here. If you like being able to make things look pretty on screens, we can use you back here for lighting production if you want things to, that sound good and really find out how does that work. We want you back here. Um, that's, not all, that's also including some of input into our stage designs and things like that. We work with facilities team to be able to help accommodate that and kind of make sure that what they bring to the table as far as stage design, that works in with what everything that we're doing. We also work with the worship team to make sure that what they're getting out of the pads, what they're getting out of sound, what they're getting out of the mix, it's all incorporated into what a Sunday morning may look like, but we're not just limited to Sunday mornings when we do uh, special events and things like that. We help facilitate those. Um, there's just a lot of things that go into it, but it, when it all comes together and all the teams work together organically and harmoniously, it really brings out this really great and wonderful atmosphere for people to come in and engage and it helps them kind of disconnect from whatever garbage may be coming in that they may be bringing with them and just check it out the door and just come into this place that hope that our heart and our desire is just this really great place to engage the spirit of God and just really go for it in worship. So if you're interested, come see me. If you've got questions, come talk to me. Josh will be back next week if you want to talk to him and get a little bit more engaged there. Thanks. Thanks, Jen. And also the teams, don't forget this, the teams are working together on a regular basis. So like we were talking about the facilities maintenance team also help do some of the building, like you see on the stage design, some of the theme type stuff we do in kids' church. So everybody's trying to work together to make, make sure we fulfill the vision God's given us. Um, the worship team, the, that one's simple. I'm leading that team now. Um, all, all we're trying to do is create an environment so that lives can be transformed. We create an environment where grace and the ministry of the Holy Spirit can occur. That's why we kind of leave it open-ended. Um, I don't know if you noticed this morning, a lot of times people don't, but I only did three songs. Uh, normally we go for four or five songs, depending on what we're trying to do. Our goal isn't to get through the songs. Our goal is to, is to get to a place where we're all worshiping. We're supposed to lead people into worship. I mean, that's part of the gift. So if, you're, if you love to do that, if you have a heart for that, it's not just um, the musicians and the vocalists, although obviously that's important, but we're doing some creative stuff as well. Um, not the worship team, but we're trying to build this all together where we're creating environments of sound, we're creating environments of singing and, and music and worship and the visuals, and they all kind of just go together. So if you're interested in that and you're like, maybe, I, maybe you're not, not sure, but you love to worship, come and sit. And we do rehearsals on Thursday nights right now. You're welcome to come and sit in a rehearsal. It's not like worship because we're working and trying to work through the songs to get them well so that we can actually engage on Sunday mornings. But if you're interested, you're certainly welcome to check that out. It's completely open on, Sunday, uh, sorry, on Thursday nights to come and sit and listen. Sometimes it's really hilarious. It gets really crazy sometimes because we're tired a lot of times. Um, but it's fun, and it's also, again, our whole goal is create an atmosphere of worship so that we can all encounter the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in our lives. Um, Karen's going to share women's ministry, and then she's going to finish up with kids with the kids' ministry as well. Okay. Um, I'm just going to let y'all know that this is my passion for women's ministry, that women walk in a place of freedom and wholeness and into their full identity and 
who God has designed them to be and fulfilling the purpose that he has for them. For me, the women of DCF, uh, this ladies' ministry serves the women of DCF in our community by equipping women to walk in their full inheritance in Christ. We um, Women are often the nurturers and relational connectors in our families, but are also called to a vast array of differing roles. And for us, our desire is to remove any limitations that church or society may have uh, placed upon women and release them to their full potential in the church, in your workplace, and in your families, and in the world. Um, through God's word, his grace, and ongoing encounters with his spirit, we long and I long to see women model Christ-likeness in the full capacity of their unique calling. Every woman in here has a unique calling. And so um, some of the things that are just beneficial for this ministry team is hospitality, administration, serving, being relational, communication skills are helpful, um, having a passion for equipping women of all ages and all walks of life, multi-generations and multi-ethnicities. And so for us, um, come join me. Um, Be consistent and be dependable. Love y'all. Oh, oh, I have to, okay. We are going to get ready, so I'm going to like just do a switch around. So this is now, okay, I'm going into a new team this morning. This is our children's ministry, you guys. We have a video that we're going to watch. And um, there is for our, our kids, I look around this morning. We've got a few kids that are here. We've got some kids that are out. But if you'll look around in this body, the majority of us are in an older range. I'm excited. We have three new babies that are coming this year. Wahoo. Um, we get to have some church babies to love on for those of you mothers who are comfortable with that. Um, so, but they, the, there is a video that we're going to watch, and it actually talks about the 414 window of when the majority, and it's like an 80% of when people come to know Christ. So... In this children's ministry, you guys, it's a vital part of who we are. It's a vital part of who we continue to be. Because if we don't have the little ones, we'll be a church full of old people and we'll die off and we'll be gone and this church will no longer exist. So the validity and the vitality and the necessity of young people and it being part of our mission together as a family to be able to see young people come to know Christ, that happens in this age range. Um, Beth oversees this team. We have our little sprouts, which is our nursery from six months old until they are potty trained and ready to go into uh, pre-K, which is our wonder classroom from three to five. And then we have our elementary age from first grade through sixth grade. And then we have our youth that Dave and Val oversee. These are very, very unique places to serve in. And I don't mean that in a unique way of like, oh my gosh, no one can do it. Can I tell you, if you can just love on a kid, can I just tell you, I have loved being with Emmett and with John Isaac and they'll come and help me do stuff in the kitchen. And you know, they are our body. They're a part of who we are. So we're going to take a minute and watch this video and then Dave's going to dismiss us and we will answer all the questions that are available. Um, You don't have to necessarily teach the lesson in the kids' ministry. You can be an assistant. You can help. You can love on kids. You can be an administrator of helping to check them in in the mornings. You can be someone who helps with uh, being a creative person. Gay Lynn has gone in in her creative um, arena that she's in, and she's actually done lessons in with the kids of hearing the voice of God. What is the Lord saying to you, and how are you creating it in in a painting? So there are lots of ways to bring your strength into the youth orientation, into the young people of our church. So we're going to watch this video. There is a window, a window you might like to know about. Not the kind that lets you look at the sky. It's a window that opens up inside a child's heart. A window 
of time. Because over 70% of all decisions for Christ happen during a very precise window, from ages 4 to 14. And those who accept Jesus during this window are more likely to keep the faith. But that's not surprising, is it? Even Jesus said, unless you become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So here's a great question. If 70% of all decisions for Christ happen during the 4 to 14 window, why does the average church focus only 3% of its resources there? Remember when the children came to Jesus? His disciples said, don't bother the teacher. The disciples looked down, but Jesus knelt down and saw open windows, open hearts, open minds in need of his love. And he said, let the little children come to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. In fact, God saw the full potential of children over and over in scripture. Like David, a simple shepherd boy chosen by God to kill a giant. Samuel, a little boy called in the night to be God's prophet. Miriam, who saved her brother Moses so he could save God's people. And Jesus himself, at age 12, revealing great wisdom to the adults in the room. Where the world sees immaturity or foolishness, God sees open windows, tender, trusting hearts, responsive to his leading. But today's children need our help. Around the world, a billion kids, half of all living children, suffer physical poverty. Meanwhile, children in developed nations live in spiritual poverty. Only 3% see life from a biblical perspective. But we can bring hope. Four out of five kids still hunger for God, and we can help them find Him and awaken the heart of belief that God sees in them. Today, we have an amazing opportunity to bring God's love to millions of open windows, children at home and around the world receptive to the truth. So let's give our very best, where it counts the very most. Let's see children with the same great stature that God does, because the best way to shine light into a dark world is through open windows. Visit 4to14window.com. Win the heart of a child across the street or around the world while the window is still open. Pretty good, huh? So we're going to do, you're about to witness a five-minute sermon. You ever seen one of those? <laughs> you're like, good luck, Dave. So I'm just going to put a scripture up here. Um, this is a scripture we use all the time. We talk about the kingdoms, First Peter 4.10. And this is the primary scripture that we use to help build into why, why we do what we do. And I'm, I'm going to read it in the amplified version. She, um, Grace is going to put it up there. It says, As each of you has received a gift a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another as befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. Um, I was going to start this with the, with the concept of your gift is your gift. And I know it sounds silly, but basically your gift the gift that God's given you, that's placed inside of you, is a powerful thing to use for yourself. Your gift is your gift. In other words, you can use it. Um, my gift I used in sales. Um, it's really, that's, that's why you have to watch be, being a preacher because you can turn into a used car salesman as a preacher really, really quick because the gifts are very similar, right? You, you, it's about convincing and connecting with people, communication skills. You can use it for danger, but you can also use it to make a living for your, for your family. But my gift is not just my gift. My gift is my gift to you. 
And that's the reminder that I want to give you guys, that, that the Bible says that each person is given a gift. You must use it, is what Scripture says. You must. Part of the call, the reason God's given you a gift is not so you can be amazing. That's wonderful. Thank God that you're amazing, and all of you are. In every, some way, you're amazing. God's gifted you with whatever that looks like, your tendency towards this or you lean into this. That's always going to be the case. That's the way God made you. A grace gift, you almost define yourself by it. You know, like I love administration or I'm a giver. All those different, I love hospitality. All those different things define your gift. But your gift is only as powerful as how much you use it. And so God challenges you, not just to use your gift for yourself and to take care of your family. Of course, you're gonna do that for your own benefit. But there's a reason why you're still here after you give your life to Christ. It's not about getting more, more of God and more of Jesus because it's, grace comes to you instantly and you're heaven ready. Amen, we know that, we preach that here. So why are you still here? But there's, because there's something for you to do. There's a mission for you to be on and God gifts you in amazing ways. You have to learn that, you have to equip yourself with it, you have to build that gift so that you can serve the body of Christ and you can serve the people of God and you can serve people who don't yet know God. And that's the calling that's on your life. But it's up to you to make a decision to take a step of faith and obedience and actually begin to use your gift. If you're not doing it, I want to encourage you to do it and trust the Lord that he's going to grow that gift. You're going to get better at it and you're going to see tremendous impact. If you are using it, thank you. Thank you for your continued service, your faithfulness. It's how we get to do what we do and it's how the kingdom is going to expand and grow at DCF. Amen?